Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On our panel today, uh, Chris Ferry, back to chat football with us, man. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time to join me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yeah. I guess I did something right last time. You had me back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you were good. Uh, and so, All like right. I said, we're grateful to have you and talk a little football, man. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's good to have it back, man. We've been waiting a while, so glad to have oh, you. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, let's talk a little bit about today's show. Uh, we got another player interview for you folks. We're going to be talking to, uh, you know, if you watched our live stream on Instagram after the game last week, we talked a lot about junior cornerback Maxwell Anderson. So he's on the show tonight. Talk to us a little bit about his time at Weber State. Talk to us, of course, about what happened on Thursday night at Stewart Stadium. Uh, then we're going to break down the game, talk a little bit about some things that we saw in the in the game against Western Oregon. And then I've got a game for Chris called This or That. I'm going to kind of give him two options. And uh, we're going to let him choose and see what he thinks. So before we get into all that, want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. You can also media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. Uh, I think we're planning to do some watch parties when we get some road games going. And so probably won't do one this week because we want everybody to head up to Logan to watch the team play against the Aggies. But uh, when we hit the road, say against Davis coming up soon, probably do a, a like a watch party on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, get on our space and come hang out with us while we all so we can all watch the game together. Then, of course, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly, become a patron and support us. I want to thank all of our patrons thus far that have supported the work that we're trying to do to highlight Weaver State and, and the athletics and the things going on up on campus. Uh, really want to grow the fan base and build the culture around these teams. And so appreciate our patrons who uh, allow us to do this every single week thank you to you guys so all right um mischief managed man we've gone through all the intro stuff now let's uh let's let's talk to our player interview we got junior quarterback maxwell anderson on the show with us tonight maxwell thanks so much man like we said for taking some time yes sir thank you yeah man we appreciate you and so uh uh, you're a junior this season um but i i I wanted to go back a little bit i want to kind of start at the beginning that's what i like to do in my interviews uh you're from same hometown as my father-in-law hayward california roughly and so uh i wanted to ask you a little bit about that man because uh looking at some of your prep stats which was a little while ago now but the thing that stuck out to me was your athleticism man yeah at moreau catholic high in hayward you you were a two-sport athlete man you played obviously cornerback in high school but then you were also league mvp in hoops man so i wanted to ask a little bit about that like you it seems like you could have gone a couple of ways but you chose football what was it about football that drew you uh to the d1 ranks instead of maybe basketball i would say my family or origin um got a little aggressive as i started to get a little bit older you know and, and football just started to turn out like the thing that i love but i was always good at basketball um thanks to my dad um growing up just just going training and for both sports and just being an athlete. He never wanted us to play one sport. So growing up, knowing that always led me to just be the best I can in both. So I could have the option later on in life to choose what I like best. And I just love the game of football. So I chose football. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like you said, and that's usually the decider for a lot of guys, right, is they, they have talent in both. And so they just say, Got to pick one, getting offers for both, ultimately make the decision. And for you, football was the love. And so that's the direction you want. And, you know, sticking with a position that you knew, cornerback, getting to play it at the next level, man. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like, was it easy to make that transition? Say, like, all right, I know this position a little bit. Now I'm under the tutelage of a former cornerback himself, head coach Jay Hill. Like, 
Talk to us a little bit about that, man, about playing the position in high school, now playing it at the D1 level in college. See, if I'm going to be real, playing in high school, I, I played off pure athleticism. Like, I didn't have no technique, no real knowledge of a football game. So so coming here was was big for me. And, and under Coach Hill, it just was lovely because getting into the film room as soon as I got here, he taught me so much stuff that, honestly, I didn't even know about football when I, when I was in high school. So he really expanded the game for me and allowed me to – uh, spread out my cocoon, my cocoon, and just be the best player I can now. Just off film study and, and learning little techniques that can help me get into a play or, or see something faster off a of receiver's stem. Chris, questions for Maxwell Anderson, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maxwell, you mentioned your father. I was out. Uh, I was out around town on Thursday on game day. And in, in the store I was in, I saw a little distance away, so I didn't actually get to talk to him. But a uh, gentleman walking around with a uh, Weber State jersey with Anderson on the back. I'm guessing that was your father? Yeah, definitely. He's a big supporter. Right? A, yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you is, what does it mean to you and, and to the other players that when you have uh, family members and, and those that support you come into town, especially when it's – you know, it makes it takes quite an effort to come in from from the Bay Area and be there to support you because uh, it's not the first time I've seen your your father there at the game. So, uh, what does that mean to you and and, and your teammates when when you have a, a fans uh, or family members in the crowd like that? It means everything. Um, obviously, you love to have your family there watching you play the game that uh, that you love and. If you have a, a reason or a bigger why than just football, and your and my why is my family, that means everything in the world. Because my family travels well, so when we have big yeah. games, I get like my grandma come out here, my cousins, my aunties, my uncles. So that That's makes awesome. me like like it makes me lock in way more because I know that I got to do this for them, and it's just lovely. <laughs> I love to make them proud. So. Love to have them in the stands. That's awesome. Uh, sticking with the family theme, your brother uh, LJ is on the team. What's that been like to have him pl- to play with him and have him on the team? And and what role, if any, did you have in the, in the getting him there at Weber State? Um, I think it's an honor. Um, not a lot of people get to play with their siblings, so I just want to say that's lovely. First off, I, I live with my brother. My brother's actually in the other room right now, so just – not leaving my family. I have somebody that I'm always close to and, and I could, I could lean on whenever I get down and it just, it just means a lot to me. So on the field, we already had chemistry because we played in high school together plus the, our, the beginning of our lives. So it's just like, once you get out here, I'm going to teach you what I know and what I learned from when I first got here to help him fit in the scheme and he's getting it now and he's rolling. So it, it's glad to just see him like get better each day and, and it just feels good to me. Awesome. So, uh, Maxwell, you're from not not very far outside of the Bay Area. I mean, an A's fan by chance? <laughs> I don't, see, I don't really watch baseball like that. But if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the A's just because my dad liked the A's. So, so Chris is a long-suffering well, yeah. A's fan. <laughs> uh, that was one of my questions. I was going to ask you, being from the Bay Area, I actually like two Bay, Bay, Bay Area-related teams. Those are my teams. Uh, I was going to ask you, A's or Giants, or 
And then also, you know, Raiders 49ers, because I, I root for the Raiders and then I'm a big A's fan as well. Man, or I'm neither. Do you have another? In I'm a 49ers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, like, I really rock with the Niners. So I, I don't really even like the Raiders too much. <laughs> okay. That's you okay, know? man. Yeah, sir. No, nah, but I respect your decision, though. <laughs> well, you have to say what's up to Tim Crompton, fellow 49ers fan as well, man. So yes, sir. let's let's talk a little bit about football, man. Um, so as a, as a freshman, you know, like you said, you came in, Coach Hill, you know, kind of got you in the film room, started coaching you up quite a bit. And I mean, you got a lot of experience right out of the gate, man. You played in 14 games in the 2019 season as a freshman. Um, Coach Hill talked a little bit about that that season, about how he was breaking in a new secondary. You know, you were a member of that. Uh, you and Eddie kind of like together on, on the corners, man. And so I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Like talk to us about your progression throughout 2019. Cause obviously it's a jump to go from high school up to a D one level. And, uh, you seem to handle it really well, man. And it culminated, you know, in a stellar performance against Montana in the playoffs. You had a pick in that game. Uh, I was at that game, Chris, you were at that game, right? Like just, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it felt like like a, a culmination of, of your freshman year, man. And so talk to us a little bit about that, about how, you know, how, how your progression went. Cause what we saw, saw, you know, from the stands, it felt like this kid is just going up, 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 but maybe it wasn't like that. Maybe there was no up and down. So talk to us about that 2019 season. Um, well, everybody has their journey and life's a roller coaster, but coming into 2019, I just, I just felt like it was home, like right away. Um, watching film, like I said, with coach Hill, but also, like the the players, um, Desmond wasn't here, but we had Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Mark Collins. It was just like people that I called my big brothers when I first got here. Like they just took me in under a wing and and really helped me develop. Jumping from like when I first got here, I was running with the twos, so it's like you're getting real reps, and then I'm going with the ones, and I was getting down on myself because like like I said, I'm a competitor and I don't like to to get beat. And I was getting beat when I first got here, which was part of the roller coaster that I, I mentioned. And like just going along and, and being through all those experiences allowed me to to realize that corner is the position for me. Like like if I have the mindset that I could just move on to the next play, whether good or bad, and I could continue to make plays, I think I'd be in the right spot. And that's what everybody harped on it when I first got here. Don't let one one big play or one bad play get to you and just continue to move on. And I feel like just, just the messages I got and the, and the knowledge I gained from when I got here really helped me go on my uh, freshman year. Yeah. Well, like I said, it seems like you got a lot of opportunities that you ramped up pretty quickly, man. I mean, like you said, starting with the twos, then with the ones. Um, we talked to Preston. Uh, that was our last interview last season. Um, you know, kind of going out and, you know, probably had a big... Uh, a big impact it sounds like on you and so i kind of want to ask like now that you're a junior like what's what's been your role like you kind of see yourself transitioning into the role that some of those guys had with you where you know they were sort of like taking you under the wing you doing that with some of the young kids or you know has it just been sort of well i'm not a senior yet you know <laughs> definitely, definitely i'm i'm big on passing knowledge people people passed it to me so there's no reason to be selfish with it um the young guys on our team, they're they're learning really fast, and I don't really have to say much. But when they do ask me questions, I wrap my arm around them or I pick them up and just let them know that it's gonna get easier. Like college football is a, is a real fun game, and you got you got to make it fun. So 
it's just little lessons that I was taught that that I could pass on. And I'm thankful for that. Chris, what else you got for us today? Yeah, um, those were, uh, you know, I was going to ask you if you kind of thought, but the two interceptions this Thursday, maybe you felt like that was the best game you played here. But um, that Montana game, that that's hard to beat, I think. Um, with You had the three pass, uh, pass breakups in that game, which were huge, the interception, three solo tackles. Um, so those games really stick out in my mind about maybe some of the, the, the great moments you've had here probably in your mind too, but I also wanted to ask you about this, uh, this moment. I, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh here. I'll show that again. If you remember that was a, at the Eastern Washington game last year. Um, you can see, uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool, that was pretty cool. How, what was your reaction when you, when you uh, realized that that was caught on camera and that kind of hit social media like that and, Honestly, we seen a little bit about that moment. If you even remember it, yeah, um, just just uh, very faintly. I just remember seeing it on the plane. I was just, you know, I get caught up into the game, so it was just, it was natural for me. We went in, and and I'm a competitor, so <laughs> I don't even know why I did. I couldn't even tell you. But <laughs> just seeing that it was caught, it was, it was a cool little image. I still had that picture uh, as well. So. Oh yeah, that's a classic one. Yeah, we did it. Nice. Me too. <laughs> I got to make a gif of it. I got to go find it and make a gif. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I, I got to make gifts for this season, man. I haven't made any yet, so got to get on that. That's right. <laughs> but, Maxwell, let's talk a little bit about Thursday night, man, because um, first game of the season against D2 opponent, you know, had originally probably had been planning for James Madison, but got news a few months ago that that wasn't to be the case. Um, actually ended up playing a team just 20 minutes from me, Middle Tennessee State, uh, right out here outside of uh, Nashville. And so instead ended up taking on Western Oregon, a D2 team. And uh, you ended up coming away from that game with two picks, um, almost three, <laughs> this close, almost three, man. Yeah, and so uh, I wanted to ask you kind of like, it seems like you're something's something's different this season. Something's working better for you because previous to that, your, your career total was two picks. You doubled that in a night, almost added to that with a third. What's different for you, man, this year? I mean, kind of what's working early? Because from what we saw on Thursday night, things things are looking good on the outside so far. I think, um, honestly, I believe just my mindset. As I get older, as we talked about the younger guys coming in and me stepping into more of a leadership role, I have to I have to improve, uh, improve for my team. So I just feel like me stepping up and, and watching film and, and knowing what's coming, I could play a little bit faster and, it just allows me to to get a head start on where the player is running, and and film study is big for me right now. Because over the off season, I put in a lot of work because I didn't really feel like I, I held up to my expectations last year. So, you know, I, I'm always trying to get better. So, just this season is me improving every game and me improving my mentality, my effort, and just just looking like a real guy on the team. So, I just had to stand out and. I felt like I did that one game, but that's not all that I'm coming for. So sure. That was just I mean, the beginning. Yep. Just the start. Um, Chris, I'm going to let you have the last question of the night here and then we'll let Maxwell go get on with his life. Okay. Yeah. Well, just adding on to that, I, I, you know, I, uh, I think you're going to have a huge year because, you know, uh, and, co- and you mentioned that you've worked hard this off season coach Dyson. I, he said in those little uh, position previews that, 
uh, that you've uh, shown the most growth in this offseason, the whole cornerback uh, group. I'm just, I was just looking at your uh, your history, your bio history on, on the Weber State site. It looks like you, you put on, if this is correct, 15, 15 pounds since your freshman year. So you've obviously been working in the gym hard. So I, I think you're poised for a, for a, for a big year. Um, and uh, we got a taste of that on Thursday, more to come. My last, the last question I might just have for you, just currently, you know, we're in this killer heat wave. Um, it's been a hundred or at a hundred or more for, uh, for a week. And, and I know that game on Thursday was hot. What, what does the team do differently um, when, when you have these high temperatures, anything different? Uh, uh, you practice at a different time or take breaks, more breaks during practice to just try to hydrate anything like that. Honestly, hydration probably is the only thing, but we don't really complain about the weather. Uh, I feel like our team is so tough that Coach Hill instilled in us that if it's going to be hot, we got to be mentally prepared because we can't stop weather conditions on game day. And he always says control the controllables. So that's something that's not a controllable. So you have to go out there and give your 100% effort each day. Now you can get water, you can hydrate, and that's what we do at practice. We'll probably add an extra uh, a water break to get some some Powerade in or something. But after right. that, it, it, it's just grind. It's, it's nothing but a grind. It's a mentality thing that we have on our team this year that I feel like is going to take us uh, uh, far away. Right on. Well, Maxwell, last question I have for you tonight, man, is uh, a little bit about, you know, your the, the guy playing opposite on the other side of the field and uh, another guy who plays behind you. So, I mean, Eddie Hecker, Desmond Williams, it feels like you guys have a really tight unit there. And, uh, you know, Co- Chris mentioned Coach Dyson as well, coaching you guys up. Talk to us a little bit about that room, man, because we've talked a lot about the quarterback's room. We talked with Coach Mental about the running back's room. Uh, but I don't think that we've necessarily talked a lot about the, the secondary and, you know, that that room and that group of guys, because we never have any worries about you. You know, we, we knew that, you know, you guys were going to be pretty solid. We knew that the running back room was going to be solid. We had some question marks in some other parts of the team. But talk to us about you guys' relationship and kind of the chemistry among the secondary, because you guys' position is is unique in that, like, you guys have to cover each other, right, to make sure that things don't get out of hand. Talk to us about that. Well, I believe it starts with our captains, and, and those are the two guys you just mentioned, um, Desmond Williams and Eddie Hecker. Um, the whole offseason, these guys have been getting us in, like, workouts on our own. So we always had a bond because we've been here for a while now. But even with the new guys that, that came in, the freshmen and, and the, uh, my brother as well, we're getting everybody on the same page. Uh, Camden Garrett, who has played a lot of games here, um, I feel like, it's a brotherhood. And once you get close to, to a certain group of people and and you find a way to communicate on a football field, it brings you a lot closer. And, and that's why I feel like our defense and our defensive backs are like the, like the top in the country because we're so close. We can move on the string. Everybody can play in different positions in the secondary. But it all starts with, with leadership. And like we have four corners that we consider leaders who are Mark Collins, Camden Garrett, me and Ed, plus plus one in the back who is um, Desmond Williams. And then we have Nassim Colvin and then LJ Anderson, who is my brother. It's just We just have a lot of experience now, and it goes a long way for us. Like watching film, we'll watch film as a defense, and you'll see like the leader stand up and coaching their whole group. Like, you have to do this. We need to be on the same page here. And that just brings our defense closer. So I feel like 
that's a big part of our uh, defense this year. Well, I think it's working, man, because like we said, um, we saw some of that on Thursday night. We saw it last season. I mean, that's a unit that always is well coached, that always performs. And so we'll look forward to seeing more. Um, Maxwell, want to wish you guys the best of luck up in Logan this weekend. Uh, we'll be watching. If you, have, you haven't already, Wildcat fans, reach out to the Alumni Association. It's my understanding that they have tickets. So go up there, sit with some fellow Wildcat fans, root these guys on against an FBS opponent up in Logan against Utah State. And uh, Maxwell, wish you the best of luck up there, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go Cats. Good luck, Max. Oh, go thank Cats. You. Appreciate it. <laughs> Well, we want to thank Maxwell Anderson one more time for taking some time to chat with us on Weber State Weekly. Um, Chris, like we said, like Maxwell said, the secondary is kind of a brotherhood, right? Like we, we talked to Preston Smith last season at the end of the season. Um, you know, uh, we, we've we sort of like unofficially called Weber State DBU. It feels like of all the positions that play at Weber State, the guys that get drafted, the guys that have success are most likely the DBs, right? I mean, we've seen, we're seeing Taron Johnson do it right now. Um, I think there's talk about Eddie Hecker going to the league. If Maxwell keeps up what he's, what he's able to accomplish on Thursday night, if that stays consistent, you know, I think his name is going to start to rise his draft stock as well. And so DBU right here in Ogden, man. Absolutely. We knew that was going to be a big strength of the defense coming into the year. They had so much experience coming back. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, still playing without, uh, um, uh, Mark Collins remind me isn't Mark Collins. There you go. Um, he, he's a big part of that. So, but, uh, he'll be back. And, uh, in the meantime, you know, uh, we've got, we got enough depth in that position that, uh, don't even lose a step. So yeah, excited for that group. See what they can do this year. Yeah. So update on Mark, uh, Brett Hine reported from the standard examiner reported today, um, after media availability with coach Hill, that it looks like Mark was not on the on the uh, the depth chart again this week. Looks like he might be sit out one more week. Uh, he's still working through an injury, so Mark should be yeah. returning soon. Maybe the Utah Tech game. We'll have to see. But it sounds like, according to what Brett was saying on Twitter this afternoon, probably not going to be available for the game on Saturday against the Aggies in Logan. But you know, take your time. Plenty of it's a deep it's a deep group. So right, right, yeah. No. <laughs> Those safeties, those state safeties had a, a, a huge game on Thursday. Um, Nassim Colvin, if uh, Maxwell, you know, didn't get defensive player of the of the game, it certainly probably would have been Colvin. Six tackles, three and a half tackles for loss. Yeah, and that guy can just hit. Man. Yeah, so. he was he was he was sniffing out everything that they were doing. Right. Um, you know, he was just rushing up on the line, getting getting those TFLs, like you said, just like they weren't getting anything on that side that, you know, that he was covering. He was just, he was phenomenal, especially in that first half. He was, he came up. Right. Yep. Des Williams as well. Have five tackles. Uh, you know, Des is, Des is an all, all conference type player. So just, uh, you know, he's had some injuries, but he keeps it, you know, he gets healthy. He stays healthy this year. He, he's going to have a, he's going to have an all conference year, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game on Thursday night against Western Oregon. Uh, we, we of course talked a lot about you know a D two opponent. Um, sort of knew that the Wildcats you know they were going to win. Um, maybe we overestimated ourselves a little bit. Uh, you know, in, in our game day show, we felt that the Wildcats were going to put up you know fifty sixty 
Um, that obviously wasn't the case. It felt like, you know, there are some things that they're still working on, but, um, Wildcats started out a little bit flat, Chris, then that safety uh, happened and we were sort of like, Oh, what's going on? <laughs> so I kind of want to get your, yeah. get your thoughts, how you were feeling at that point, man. Cause I'll tell you mine. I was, I was like, Oh man, I hope we're not in for a long night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so early. I wasn't too concerned considering I know who, who we were playing. Um, I was more concerned after that first series offensive series than the, than the block punt, to be honest, uh, three and out with a penalty, um, just seems in years past, it's, it's, it's just been a slow start for offenses. Every, it seems like every game, you know, um, those first few series, you just don't move the ball. And so it's like, almost like, uh, here we go again. And then the block punt, um, I know Jay, Jay was asked, or he talked about that. I heard him say that. Um, he wasn't too concerned with that, that this, this team, he said, this team is so young that there was players, there was people, there was players out there that hadn't really, hadn't gotten any game time before. And that was partly part of what happened on that punt, um, that block punt. So just had some young guys out there. They got that fixed and, and punting wasn't an issue the rest of the game. In fact, after that block punt, the, the special teams did, did great. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, not going to... Yeah, I wasn't too concerned. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Thompson misses a 49-yarder, but, like, it's a 49-yarder, man. Like, I'm not going to be mad about that. Right. Like, that's, that's, right. A long, that's a long field goal, man. So, it's like, yeah, it didn't go our way. Yeah. Like, that's, that's okay. But everything else, I think he had two more. It's fine. Yeah. Totally fine, right? And, and everything else went really, really well. And so, I, I would... You know, the special teams, of course, you know, started off a little rocky, but, I mean, special teams is always a strength of Jay Hill coached football teams. And uh-huh. so... I'm with you. Not terribly worried about that group. I think they'll figure it no. out. They'll get coached up. Special teams will be just fine. I mean, I watched the Eastern game and they are still having problems with their special teams. You know what I mean? Like problems persist right. there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they still have some things to work on, but like with, with Weber state, I'm not as worried. Um, you know, it's sort of like, it's like, I mean, I don't know if you watch that Eastern game, but, um, you know, I watch they, most of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like they're, they're, that's how they are with quarterbacks up there, right? Like they just reload. You don't have to worry about quarterbacks yeah, at Eastern Washington because right. they're going to, they're going to find a guy, they're going to coach him up and uh, they're going to do really, really well. And I think that's what we saw against TSU with them. But, you know, for the Wildcats, special teams is always going to get coached up. They're always going to get tight. And so right. maybe some, some miscues early, but that's okay. It's okay to have miscues against a D2 opponent, clean those things up early, get on with business. And it seemed like they did that. Yeah, I mean, and if there was any, well, there, there's questions always. There was questions coming into the year with special teams. Have a new punter, uh, the return man. She she's not there. Um, so yeah, there was questions, but that again, like you said, it's special teams is one of those those things with with a Jay Hill team that you probably you just feel like you don't ever really have to worry about. And look what we got out of the returns. You know, you know, we saw you know, we saw what uh, what Hayes Hadley did just. Just yeah. unbelievable returns. That's going to be really fun to watch. And then on the kickoffs, on the kick returns, you know, um, Demon Bankston, he had a great return. So I think we'll be all right there. The thing that really impressed me with Demon is, I mean, we knew he was fast, right? When we talked about him, when he got recruited, we knew he was going to be fast because you know he ran track along with you know playing football. And um, there were a couple of sequences, man, where you could just see the acceleration. You could just see him just right. like, start to take off. And it's like, uh, like there was one where he was up against the the sideline and he ends up getting like an extra 10 yards because he's just so quick. 
Yeah. Like he's getting through and then the secondary has to go and get him. Right. And I was just like, see, like that is why he's so, so dangerous because they think they got him dead to rights. And then he just accelerates and they just can't That's a second gear. Yeah. Right. And then they got it. They got to scramble to go and get him. And so I agree. I think, yeah. that, you know, special teams is going to be great. Hayes Hadley was great. Um, he had a lot of really good returns uh, on the punt side. And then, you know, I think that as, as the gets more and more kicks, um, I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't see him not being a good replacement for Rashid Shahid, who's an all-time Wildcat, right? Right, right. Yeah, we'll be okay there for sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the offense because I think it's one of the most important thing. It was the thing that everybody was sort of anticipating watching, get our first look at Coach Mental's offense. He promised balance, and that's what we got, right? He had 178 yards rushing, 165 yards passing. You worried about that or like, nah, it's okay. Still working out the rust. <sighs> You know, I, I would have expected some more uh, more yardage, to be honest. Um, but a, par- a big part of that was our field position. Yeah. Um, we had some great field position, thanks in, in large, to the turnovers and to the uh, those punt returns. So they were working with a lot of yardage anyway. Um, you know, if there's any concern with uh, for me with the offense, it's it's I, the offensive line needs needs to play better, I think. Um, they, I watched the game again today and, um, you know, it was even mentioned on the broadcast, that it, especially in that first quarter, that offensive line just was getting no push. Um, and so, yeah, if there's a concern, I, I think uh, that's, that's still where it is. Um, we've got, got a lot of veteran guys on there. I think it'll improve, but, um, and it, it improved over the game. I, I think it did, but uh, that, that would be my, my biggest concern coming out of that game. Yeah. And I mean, Coach Hill talked a lot about the O-line, right? Going into the season about how, you know, had lost some key guys like Cormac Boyer going down with a season-ending right. injury. So it was like, oh, what a bummer. Because they had, I think they fully expected him, you know, a Juco transfer out of snow to, you know, be that starting center and then not. And so then having yeah. to shift guys around. And so I think that you're right that like, as time goes on, they're going to, guys are going to settle down into their positions a little bit. Um, so long as everybody stays healthy. I think Coach yeah. Myers, you know, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Um, I think he's going to be just fine. It's just a matter of whether guys can get more comfortable with their position, but also the schemes right. that Coach Mental wants to run. And then, yeah. you know, just like you said, being confident and getting that push because I think they're capable of it. It's just a matter of having that confidence and working through some right. systems. He lost two, two, two linemen that played for four year starters, basically. So that's that's right. That's tough to replace. You have to shift some stuff around with injuries and, and, and moving a guy to center. That's probably always going to be the hardest adjustment. Uh, You saw that first on that first series, a a, a snap uh, infraction. And so, you know, take, that takes a little bit of time to get, you know, get comfortable with that. Um, So a lot, a lot of, a lot of guys there though, that can play for us. Um, So, yeah. We'll see how that improves. Yeah. I, the other thing I was going to say about the offense is the passing game, right? We, we noted 165 yards passing. Um, luckily, the Wildcats got it done quite a bit on the ground, um, which we fully expected. We had full confidence in this running back room and they delivered. Um, but the pass game, no touchdowns, no passing touchdowns. Everything got done on the ground. 17 of 30 right. against the D2 defense. Um, what do you think held the Wildcats back in, over the air? You know, as, as I watched it again, uh, you know, Bronson, he, he missed, uh, I counted about three or four 
open receivers. Uh, so he's got to get to, he's got to improve a little bit on making those throws. Uh, there was another one and um, that I, I don't really think it was the throw that one where Ty uh, Ty McPherson missed that one, but I I think that was more of a Ty lost the ball in the lights or something. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think and and I think Baron would probably you know you know agree to that that he's there's there's some throws there that that, that he missed. Um, so yeah, we had some, uh, some great catches though. Uh, so I, I liked what we saw from the receivers. Um, so that's going to help him for sure. Jacob Sharp. Yeah. He had two great catches, yeah. led, led the team in, in receiving yards. Uh, Hayes Hadley, man, he got broken in half on that one and, and came down with it. Um, so Justin Malone, four receptions. That was yeah, good was to see. Say good tight end play. We saw that coach right. Michael promised good tight end play and we saw it, right? Yeah. The targets are there and then they're capable. Got to, got to get them in the ball. Um, and that's been, that's been the issue in the past too, is it's getting it to those playmakers, you know, you know, she last year, man, well, that was a, that was a big push from coach Hill. You got to get it to those playmakers and let them do uh you know, get them, in, get them in space and let them do what they can do. So, yeah, got to have some improvement, I think, there with, with, with some of those passes. But Yeah, I think that um, the other thing that's maybe holding the Wildcats back, it's a new system, right? Like, I think that right. we talked about this in the, in the instant reaction after the game that um, the play calling looked good. Like, yeah. you know, the variety looked good. The creativity in, in the play calling looked good. Just seemed like execution was the problem. And it's a new system. Guys are still learning. Yeah. They're still working through stuff. And so, yeah, like there's going to be problems. Guys aren't always going to be on the same page. They're going to have to spend some time working through some of those things. And I think as the season wears on, we see that that execution, you know, get a little bit sharper. And once that happens, I think it's going to be a really good offense. Like it's really going to do some some interesting things, which is good because it's going to have to get better especially in those last three weeks of October when, you know, really a lot of things need to get worked out because some tough defenses are coming to town, right? Or you're going to have to play right. some tough defenses on the road uh, in Montana state. And so um, execution, right. And I think that over time yeah. that will get worked out. And so for me, I'm not super worried about 165 yards passing. Um, it'll, it'll work itself out. I mean, Baron played yeah. the majority of the game. And I think part of that was because, you know, he, he kind of needed to. He needed to continue to run the system yeah. and you know get the experience. Get him the reps. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I agree with you. I think you could you could see it out there at times that that they weren't completely comfortable with with the the whole you know scheme and everything. And they're still they're still learning. This is a big change, and so yeah. there was times where you felt like they weren't completely comfortable with it, and that that. Uh, you know, that was played a part in, in, in the pace, you know, we've heard this is a, that pace is a big part of this offense at up-tempo pace uh, that tended to slow it down, you know, at times when it felt like they, they weren't exactly sure uh, and were a little uncomfortable. So that'll improve too, I think, as they get a better hold of this, this new scheme for sure. So on the other side of the ball, man, um, I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised by the defensive line. I mean, we talked about it in previous weeks about how we weren't sure, you know, losing George Tarlis, losing, you know, Jared Sheese. Uh, there was one more, Logan Latui. Was that who it was? Yeah, yeah. I had transferred down to be young, and so, right. and so 
had lost a lot of a lot of experience on the defensive line and were asking guys to step up. And I think they did, man. I mean, the, by my oh, count, stepped up huge. seven and a half TFLs, no sacks though. And that was the thing that I think Gannon Winker was a better yeah. quarterback than I think we gave him credit for because kids right. a sophomore, but he was tricky. Um, and they had a he hard time down. Yeah. He was very mobile. And so, uh, yeah, man, like he was, he was good. I mean, I think they've got a quick him. release. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I don't think I think he had more to do with with the no sacks than than the D line. So there was a couple. Of, well, I think maybe one or two hurries, but yeah, no sacks. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right on with that. That was more the quarterback. He had a quick release. He was mobile, much more mobile, more mobile than you would expect from a kid with his height. He was he was he was a big kid. Yeah. And plus, you know, they yeah. they were throwing it out to Thomas Wright, um, their wide receiver. And that guy was good. Like, yeah, I could be. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I said, I said to the people around me, why, why is this kid playing playing here? D2. Uh, yeah, his he high, yeah, he's he six, six. I think he was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, athletic. And yeah, he, he definitely had some some skill there for sure. But yeah, the D line, they, they were huge. Minus 34 net rushing yards, school record. And and I think you, you could. I don't know about you, but I, I was just amazed at the speed of that defense. Um, it, it lived could, in the backfield. You know, yeah, they were just swarming the ball. Um, so that front, that defensive front, man, they were just yeah, lived in the backfield, swarming the ball. It was it was really it was really awesome to see. So you know that was the biggest concern with for me with that defense this year was was the defensive line, but mainly the defensive ends. But look what, you know, Shad Pulsifer did end up doing. He played, he played great. And uh, yeah. And who was the other one I wrote down here? Uh, Wilson, Braden Wilson. He, he played well at that in position. Uh, you had Zeke Birch at the, at the tackle. Yeah, Two tackles had some big plays yeah. In the second half, especially when he really got an opportunity, man. Like I think he had, I'd have to go back and check the numbers, but at least two TFLs himself. Yeah, yeah two TFLs. Yeah. And so, so that entire D line just performed great that night. I, I, and yeah, and the linebackers played as well as played good as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, D line looked, looked good, pleasantly surprised. Like we said, backers are always going to be fine. I don't think we're terribly worried about the backers because it is a position that not just Weber State, but everybody in the conference seems to reload. I mean, the Big Sky Conference is really, really good when it comes to linebackers, and so I'm not terribly worried about right. that. Um, and then, um, and then we already talked about the secondary, but they did struggle a little bit with Thomas Wright. He had 80 yards, four catches. Um, yeah. About that matchup, do you think was so tough? Do you think it was more, you know, Gannon Winker's quick release, or, or do you think it was a size thing? Because, like you said, Wright was six six, um, pretty pretty big dude. Yeah. Yeah, when you've got when you got six inches on a guy, that's always gonna be that's always gonna be a challenge. Um, I, I, I did see Eddie Heckard kind of go for the ball a couple times where he missed and and uh, gave up the reception. Um, you know, that's Eddie will be fine, but there was a couple plays there where he missed. Um, but uh, no, they'll be fine. Uh, that that was a good that, that was great that they had that kind of receiver given given that experience and, and some challenge there so I like to see it so 
but never sure. didn't really give any big big plays. And uh, yeah, the defense defense was was great. And um, and just like the uh, special teams, we, we we don't need to worry about a Jay Hill defense. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, things look good against Western Oregon. The Wildcats, like we said, take the trip up to Logan this weekend to face the Aggies, an FBS opponent. Um, Not sure what to expect. I think obviously, you know, Wildcats beating the Aggies maybe is a tall order with the state of the offense, but um, a good test anyway. Um, The Aggies coming off of a a Mountain West Conference championship in a bowl win last year, but that first game against UConn, they did not look good. And they didn't look, I mean, it was Alabama last weekend, right? They were out my neck of the woods. They were down in Tuscaloosa. But man, I mean, no, no points scored. I mean, it's Alabama though. So it's like, well, <laughs> one of the best teams in the country, right? Like this is a, a lock for the right. college football playoff. You know, what do you want? So, yeah. yeah you know. They're 40, 40 point, 40 point underdog. Um, I, I recorded the game. I intended to watch it. Um, I might still watch it, but I, I kind of thought with that kind of a score, I don't know what's the point. I don't know what, what that that's going to tell you. I did watch a lot of the Connecticut game. They did struggle early on there. and. Uh, maybe Connecticut is better and better than, than uh, they have been in the past, but um, they still, yeah, they have not, you know, gotten things rolling for sure. So yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday. Yeah. I don't really know what to expect. Right. And so we will see. And so like we All said, right. Wildcats, you know, get your tickets, uh, head up to look uh, next week and support the Wildcats, you know, wear your purple and be loud, man, because um, so I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, they said today it's not going to be on TV, only streamed. Yeah, they can get the stream for free. But yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to make the trip up. It's you know from Ogden, 45 minutes an hour. Yeah, you can get a ticket through the Alumni Association for 20 bucks, I think, and uh, just go to the game. Yeah, it's going to be not quite as hot. It's going to be a little bit cooler, and it'll be an evening game. So. Yep. So don't have to worry about the heat quite so much. And yeah, man. it's a fun atmosphere for a game. If you've been to one there and the students, you know, that's a great student section. And um, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Make the trip up. Yeah. I mean, Logan at this time of year, I mean, this is the best time to go to Logan because it's not going to be super right. hot. It's not going to be yeah. super cold because Logan can get real cold. It's not right. going to be that. You're right. be up there on a, you know, a pretty, probably a pretty warm September night. Um, it's going to be great. So head up. Yeah, for All sure. Right. All right, Chris. Uh, real quick, man. I wanted to. I wanted to play our this or that. I've got a. I've got a bunch of these, but I'm gonna have to pick maybe just a couple before we do this real quick. So uh, the, yeah. the the point of the game is this: you have to pick one or the other, right? And so I've come up with some that it's like, oh, we're gonna get Chris thinking a little bit. So my first this <laughs> or that for Chris Ferry is beat Utah State this weekend or beat Montana State on the road in October. Which one would you pick? Well, we've mentioned we're not sure what to expect from Utah State, but I still believe, I still feel like that's that's going to be a tough, tough uh, game to win. So I, I will I will say Montana State on the road. I watched a lot of Montana State this Saturday. They played McNeese. Yep. Uh, they, they didn't look that good in that first half. Had a much better second half. and um, But uh, that first half... You know, a big question. One big question with the, with Montana State this year is how is Tommy Millett going to be? Um, he was awesome in the playoffs last year, but that was a was. pretty limited, uh, yeah, limited um, view of of him. And uh, the big question with him is is it's how how is he going to pass the ball? We know he can run. Um, he didn't do a whole lot that first half. He did a lot better the second half. 
Afonso's still out. He'll probably be back by, by the time we play him in October. Um, and you just got to remember, Montana State lost some real, some real studs, man. Guys who are now playing in the NFL. They're yeah. all 53-man rosters, yeah. you know, for the Rams. I mean, that's Troy Anderson's right. in Atlanta. Like, guys, right. dudes. Right. And that, that's – do you think about how crazy that is for a Big Sky team to put in one, one, one class three guys in the NFL, two of them yeah. drafted, and one, one went down there and did so well he made it as an undrafted free agent. So they lost a lot. They lost basically their whole offensive line. Um, so I, you know, as, as I look more and more at Montana state, I, I, I think they had a better team last year than, than this year. And, uh, you know, we almost beat them this year, probably should have beat them last year. I mean, um, I think we can go up there and get a, get a road win. Oh, so I'll go with Montana state. Going to pick the Montana state. Okay. So we'll and I'll be there. So, so I'll be happy with a win. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you should be there too, Kobe. Uh, I'm still looking at the flight. Like I said, there's a direct flight from Nashville <laughs> to Bozeman. Uh, right. The thing that's killing me is uh, hotels up there that weekend are crazy expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm spending a night in Bozeman and then, and then a, a night on the way back at West Yellowstone. It's about half the price. So yeah. it's about an hour and a half down the West Yellowstone. I, I know that wouldn't, apply to you but yeah well or you could uh uh meet up with your uh your co-worker there and stay with him maybe yeah i will see but uh all right i'll do <laughs> okay. i'll do one more of these man um all right okay here i'm gonna do the davis one so which which would you prefer holding davis to 100 yards rushing or holding them to 100 yards passing um i would prefer to hold them to 100 yards rushing um, cause I think that's where their, their, their strength is. Yeah. Uh, Alonzo Gilliam, Gilliam, Gilliam had preseason yeah, MVP right. on the offensive side. Right. You know, he had 115 four. yards against the PAC 12, uh, defense in Cal this week. Um, their quarterback is young and that Hastings kid. So he had, he threw two interceptions. Um, he doesn't look bad, but, uh, 242 yards passing in that game, but that's 50 attempts. He had a 50 passing attempts. So wow. I would feel better if, if we held him to, to a hundred yards rushing, that means we would um, kind of, you know, slow down. Maxwell and, and the secondary do the thing, huh? Right. 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 So I'll go with uh, that one. Ah, uh, That's where I think I ended up too. Rather hold them to 100 yards rushing and then just see what they can get done through the air because I fully trust that secondary, man. Those guys will get it done. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. Like we said, Saturday, September 10th, Wildcats taking the trip up to Utah State. 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time will be streamed on the Mountain West Conference's website for me or for you. If you're in Ogden, just go to the game so you can get your ticks through the Alumni Association. Or uh, if you're not able, you know, call the athletics office and see what they can do. But make sure you go up there, sit with fellow Wildcat fans, get loud, cheer on the Wildcats up in Logan. Then next week, uh, Saturday, September 17th, Utah Tech coming to Ogden for the first time as a D1 program. So um, that game will come out in standard time at Stewart Stadium. Uh, you can get your tickets at WeberStateSports.com. Uh, get up there and tailgate with Chris. And with Jared, they'll be out there, man. And uh, or if you, but if you're like me and you're out of market, ESPN Plus for you. Then September 24th, the Wildcats take the trip out to Davis to face the Aggies. 
8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That game will be on ESPN+. Plus. We'll probably do some kind of like a watch party on Twitter or something like that for that one um, while the Wildcats are on the road. Then they will be home again. Um, it looks like there's a bye week in between there. And then Saturday, October 8th against Eastern Washington coming into Stewart Stadium. Um, Ewu's run defense is not fixed. So yeah. that could be bad for them. But you know that the, yeah, that game uh, was closer. I mean, it, what was it? Uh, Ten points, seven points? Is that the yeah, final? It was close for pretty much the whole game. TSU was right in there. He had a better offense. Yeah, and, so, you know, and you know they, they gave up two fumbles in that first half. Um, Texas uh, State did, and or Tennessee State. Um, that and that was a big reason why uh, why they uh, they got a couple of those touchdowns. So. That that game was close. That could have that could easily gone Tennessee State's way. Uh, the other thing for TSU was penalties just killed them. Oh my gosh, so many penalties! Like I remember right. there was a sequence where they went like there was a penalty on literally every play, even yeah, right. even the punt. There was a penalty. It was like oh, so just you know Eddie George and his team uh, over there at TSU here in Nashville. They got to clean some stuff up for the Tigers, but the Tigers uh, they're building something over there, man. So, right, right. But, but and you mentioned penalties. That's that's another thing we need to work on, right? Yeah, that's true. Ten, ten penalties, 115 yards. That, yeah, you know, Sione Lapuajo ended up getting up. sent off, right? Yeah, two yeah, unsportsmanlike yeah. conducts. Uh, so, you know, All right. I'll just work on some of those, you know, shore up the discipline a little bit and they'll be just fine. But uh, first Cats, game, first game, yeah. Yeah. So, Wildcats, October 8th, they take on EWU 6 p.m. ESPN Plus to get your tickets, get out there and tailgate with Chris. Be good times. So we'll wrap up the show. Email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash weberstateweekly. And then the blog. I will be posting our grades. We had our our folks, some of our panel members, give their thoughts and give the uh, offense, defense, and special team a grade. And so we'll be posting that to the blog uh, tonight. Hopefully, I got a couple podcasts to edit. We'll see if we can get that up. But then uh, you'll be able to read those and kind of, you know, share your thoughts on social media. So, Chris, appreciate you, man, for taking the time to hang out with me, talk some football. We'll wrap up the show like we always do, man. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh, oh, oh.